Welcome to the Kerrville Bible Church Podcast. In addition to bringing you weekly sermons from our pastor and other speakers, we are also seeking to provide you with additional content and connection to encourage your soul, especially during this time of separation due to the COVID-19 outbreak of 2020. Listen in as our pastoral staff, consisting of Pastor Teacher Chris McKnight, Associate Pastor Scott Christensen, Worship Pastor Toby Baxley, and Youth Pastor Heath Gregory discuss a variety of topics from the Bible and other sources during our weekly staff meeting. Now, here's Heath Gregory with this week's discussion. Well, welcome back to uh, the Pastors Podcast, uh, joined by Scott and Chris and Toby today. And we're going to look at a question that, uh, I mean, I, I've thought about over, over the life of my salvation. And uh, that question is, is really the, the, the tension between resting in the forgiveness of Christ and, and wrestling with your sin. And uh, really what draws me to that question is in First John, we read uh, in the first part of chapter 2, it says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. So there's an implication there that uh, we're to move away from sin in our life. Uh, the, next, the next verse says, And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Uh, Paul even talks about this, saying, you know, Should we sin so that grace may abound? And uh, I think we know that the answer to that is no, but the question is, how do we work out that in our life? And so the text that we're going to spend most of our time on today is, is in Philippians in, in chapter 2, and it's probably a passage that you're all familiar with. It says, so then, my beloved, in, in verse 12, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence... Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So pastors, the question today is, how do we work out our salvation with fear and trembling if it's God doing the work? This this passage, when I think about it, helps us kind of think about models of sanctification. And when I talk about sanctification, we talk about what commonly um, Bible students will call progressive sanctification, which is that idea that, that once we have come into a genuine um, uh, relationship with Christ, that um, that God promises that we will be conformed to the image of Christ. Paul talks about that in, in Romans 8. And so there is this ongoing process. There's this, this work uh, that, is, that is part of becoming more Christ-like. And so it then begins to make you think about, well, how does that work? Then? How does that happen? And you have some, some Christians that say, well, yes, God has, has saved us by his grace through, through faith. And now it's up to us to work out that salvation with fear and trembling, as Paul says. And, and so you could say that some people think that, that sanctification or the work of, of becoming more Christ-like 
that it's all up to us. It, it's, it's our responsibility. And I would call this uh, bootstrap, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm-hmm. type of sanctification or, or me alone. It's me alone. Then you have the opposite of, of that, which is, um, no, it's, it's not about us. It's all about what God is doing in our lives. It's all his grace. Um, we're not involved in this. And so it's, it's this very common phrase you'll hear, let go and let God. It's, it's all God. You know, I'm just passive in, in all of this. I think those two extremes are are wrong views of our sanctification. But the problem is, is that sometimes people say, okay, well, we know those two extremes are wrong, so we need to come to some sort of compromise, and, and we need to say, okay, I do my part, and God does his part, right? So it's, it's, it's part me, and it's part God. And this is more of that, that kind of God is my co-pilot kind of notion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm in the driver's seat, but if I need a little help, you know, then, then God's there to help me. And, and so I do my part, and if I can't quite do it, then he'll come alongside and help me. Once again, I think that is a wrong view of sanctification. And I think this passage and other passages as well indicate that yes it is our responsibility to work out our salvation with fear and trembling but we can't do that alone and we don't do it just with a little bit of help from our friends you know and god being our friend or whatever Um, we do it because it is him who is at work in us and this has much to do with our theology of the christian life that that uh, we have been united to christ we have been united to the power of his resurrection that that the spirit lives within us paul talks about this again in romans 8 and and so it is god at work in us enabling us to live a life of faith and obedience to his word and to christ and so sanctification is a constant active dependence upon the power that resides within us. And apart from that power, we can do nothing, as, as Jesus tells us in John 15. So it's not either or, then. Yes. It's, it's, it's not, and it's not even in the middle. It's, yes. It's kind of all of both. It's both and. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Yes, it's all of me, but it is all of Christ in me. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I think that is the proper perspective we have to have about the Christian life, um, because... You know, yes, we are responsible, just as we're responsible to believe, but could not believe without God having drawn us to that place. Neither can we live the Christian life uh, apart from that same power that drew us to Christ in the first place. It's often been said about this passage, it says, work out your salvation, not work for Mm -hmm. your salvation, and not work in your Mm -hmm. salvation. So we're working out something that God has already worked in, Philippians 1, 6. You know, we talked about that last week. He who began a good work in you. Uh, And so here here Paul is talking to Christians, uh, and he's telling them to, I think, essentially exercise your faith uh, or pursue sanctification. I think this is basically what this passage is saying to do. Work out what God has already worked in to your life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think the, 
There's just great parallels between the spiritual and the physical, and I think a great illustration of this is certainly uh, the physical body. That if a physical body does not move, does not exercise, does not work out, uh, it atrophies. It wastes away. Uh, your dad likes to say a body in motion stays in motion. And there's a lot of truth to that mm -hmm. physically. And I think that's a, that's a really good illustration of, of what he's talking about here with our faith. Uh, faith has to be exercised to thrive. It has to be exercised to grow and be stronger. And uh, uh, faith that isn't exercised, in a sense, atrophies. It becomes weak and small and... Um, uh, it shrivels up, <laughs> uh, and, and, and part of the, the issue there is that you've just closed off your life to not living by faith. Mm -hmm. Living by faith is exhilarating, uh, and, and we can all fall into this trap of I'm living in a comfort zone where I never step out of my comfort zone, I never step out of the boat into the, onto the water, you know, um, and so I get very guarded predictable, safe, and that's not living by faith. And, and so somehow in this conversation, the, the, the sanctification and the working out, is, it's all got to be married to a life of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever's not of faith is sin. Um, and, and I just know the times in my life where I'm flatline and dull and, and, and I just look at my whole life and go, man, you're just you are just living in a cocoon of safety. <laughs> uh, protecting yourself, guarding yourself, you're in control of everything that happens in your schedule, and there's you're, you're not really having to trust God for anything. Yeah, it, it's not like, like, you know, a lot of people have this, this idea, okay, well, I, I believed in Christ back when I went to camp in high school or wherever. You know, and so, yeah, I did that belief stuff already, and now it's just about me working. So it's like, yeah, you needed faith in order to become Christian, but now to live as Christian, you just work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and no, faith is part, faith is the undergirding factor in all of uh, our, our Christian life from beginning to end. Yeah. And, I mean, and, we, yeah. we should want as believers for our faith to grow and increase, right? We're being conformed to the image of Christ. And by that account, I would say that our faith should be growing. And, you know, what the time frame you look at to see that growth, maybe it's a year or two years or three years. And you're not, we're not talking about looking at yesterday like, hey, I have more faith today than I had yesterday. But if that's growing and, and, and our faith is, is growing on, on the same kind of curve upward, uh, I think something I struggle with is, okay, then, then there's still things in my life that either the Lord just has not allowed me the grace to say no to, uh, or I'm just choosing in my flesh, I guess is a better way of saying that. You know, how do, how do I go to battle against those kind of things? Uh, you know, there's some easy ones that a lot of times he'll take out of your life, but then there's the pride and the selfishness and those things that, uh, you know, I feel, I, I've heard Piper say, we make war against sin in our life. You know, how do we do that? How do we, how do we resting in what Christ has done and that his spirit is in us, go to war against our, our flesh, per se, or our sin? Well, Christ in us should be our motivation. You know, it should never be a, well, I'm, I'm saved, so I don't have to go to war against 
uh, against sin, against the flesh, because my ticket is punched. Um, you know that that's a that's a m- misappropriation of grace um, called uh, you know antinomianism. You know, without with no law and. Um, Sinclair Ferguson says that it's it's separating the law of God from the person of God. You know, we're we're separating the good law given by a good Father, and so we're rebelling against it. Still, we're still rebelling against God, yet under the guise of Christianity. So, faith in Christ should be our motivation. Uh, I liked what Richard Chin uh, said in his his talk at T4G about murdering sin, murdering the flesh. That implies anger. That implies forethought. You know, premeditate. One of the one of the burdens of proof for conviction of murder is premeditation and and malice. Mm -hmm. I I have I have malice against my sin, and I have thought about how to kill it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, strangle its neck. Yeah. Is that where the fear and trembling comes in? Is that why it's with fear and trembling? Because I've got a fear of God and His discipline and also a, a, a fear and trembling of what sin can do to my life if I give it a foothold, if I open the door. Um, I, mean, I think work out your... Really, he's saying work out your sanctification with fear, and not with, not with um, presumption, not with uh, cavalier attitude, doesn't matter. But this holy fear, awe, trembling, that one, on the one hand, my father can severely discipline me. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, sin can take me further than I ever imagined I would go, mm-hmm. even as a believer. And it can absolutely destroy my life. So, you know, how, how to fight. One thing, I remember one thing we did years ago, we were doing a men's Bible study, and we, it was on eldership. And so the topic was being above reproach and a, and a husband of one wife. And as Alexander Strzok's material, and, and he, one of the, the, the questions is you take a, you make a list of all of the things that would happen if you fell into adultery. Mm. And you just list it out specifically, item by item. Uh, all, of the, all of the consequences uh, in, in this life, in this world. And, I mean, you can fill up a page. And mm-hmm. it, it is one of the most sobering practices. And you just look at that, and I think that's the fear and trembling that, 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 that he's kind of talking about. So... Um, and I'm thinking through the consequences of what what will happen if I give this enemy if I crack the door and let him in and give him a foothold in my life um, how far how far could I go in this and it's important that you said the consequences there right the consequences in this life because the fear he's talking about is not the fear of losing your salvation but the fear is like Hey, what discipline could come upon me from this? What what harm could I cause to others? Mm-hmm. And and when you're saying that, I'm even thinking, you know, we're being conformed to the image of Christ to have His mind as well, right? To to have a mind that hates that sin in our life as much as He hates it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where I want to be at a point in my life is where I hate pride so much that it's just non-existent. Um, because who am I? You know? I tend to hate your pride. Yeah, I love mine. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> <laughs> I think you just described heaven, didn't you? <laughs> I think one of the false messages of, of the kind of a false gospel that we have in our culture is that once you become a Christian, then life is going to become easy. Everything is going to get easier after, you know, post-Christian, post-placing your faith in Christ at 
whatever that time and point is. And, and that is exactly the opposite yeah, of the image that Scripture paints for us. It's, isn't it? You've now entered a war. Yeah, you know, when you embrace Christ, you have now entered as a soldier in a war and you are going to have to fight or you are going to, you know, face the onslaught of the enemy, which is ourselves, the world and the devil. Um, we have, you know, the, 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 the standard that God has set for us. And, and, um, and so, yeah, the fear and trembling ought to be very real. But it shouldn't be a kind of slavish type of fear that says, uh, you know, we cower. Right. No, we yeah. have power yeah. through Christ because Christ is in us and we have every resource. Peter says that we've been given everything, you know, necessary in order to live the, the Christian life. And, um, and so we have all the resources that we need at our disposal because God does not leave us undefended right mm -hmm. handed, right yeah. right right yeah um another passage that comes to mind i think i texted it to you guys when you sent out the topic because i just read it yesterday so i'm reading through the new testament and just finished jude and uh i think it's about verse 21 or something where where jude says keep yourselves in the love of god and this is that responsibility, this tension we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, this is your duty, this is your command, this is your responsibility as a believer. Uh, don't wander away from it. Don't leave it. Don't forget about it. Keep yourselves in it. And, and we could talk all day about how do we do that. Well, that's, that's kind of where the means of grace mm -hmm. come, comes in, right? And then it's two or three verses later is what we all know from Jude. The most famous verse of Jude that everybody memorizes. Mm. Now to him who is able to keep you. Yeah. Same word, to keep you from stumbling. And here's Jude, you know, within three or four verses of each other, mm -hmm. putting these things side by side. Um, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now to him who is able to keep you. And you see that parallel in many passages right. in Scripture where you have these commands. Okay, do this. And then right next to it, you have God is doing this in you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you see these, this, it's almost a kind of a paradox. And by paradox, I mean what appears to be a contradiction, but they're not really contradictions. They're working together. And that's, that's again, that whole image of the proper understanding of, of our Christian life is yes it is us we have a responsibility to to live by faith and to live obediently to the word of God but we don't do it alone yeah. we, we, we do it through the power that is working within us mm -hmm. and God promises that he will do that work that's why going back to the early part of, of Philippians Philippians 1 6 where Paul says I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He's not going to stop, uh, you know, empowering us and ensuring that we will be working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And our, our frustration comes in with God's pace. Mm -hmm. Yes. What is taking so long? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's going to do it and he is doing it, but it's, uh, he is, he is not, it's not microwave and, and he is so patient, uh, and our, and we change so slowly if we're just really honest with ourselves yeah. as Christians. Um, 
we change and we are changing. We believe that. If we don't believe that, we don't believe the Bible, we don't believe the gospel. But man, it is so slow and agonizing. That was the only, that was, I always remember what John Piper said. Uh, somebody, there were a couple of, uh, like, uh, there was a natural disaster that had happened somewhere in the world. And then uh, right about that time was when that bridge over mm-hmm. I 35 mm-hmm. fell outside of Minneapolis where he lived lives and pastored um, and killed several I mean, many people right. and they asked him somebody a reporter somebody asked him if, if if it caused him to to doubt the existence of God he said the only thing that causes me to doubt the existence of God is how long my sanctification is taking <laughs> how long I continue to struggle with these right. same sins right, right. exactly yeah Chris I agree 100% uh the struggle of, okay, I get it. Why am I still doing it? You know, is, is the one that we want to be gone, want to be gone. And, uh, I think for me personally, it's, it's that, uh, John Standridge said it uh, to me one time, he, this life is faith and repentance. So, you know, we've started with this element of faith that God has gifted us with. Uh, it's recognizing, you know, that we are going to stumble, that we are going to sin. And then having that quick confession, Right. Uh, I mean, I think of even Psalm 139, you know, search me, O God, know my heart. Uh, see if there are any harmful way in me. Uh, lead me in the everlasting way. Uh, that's where we want to get to. We want to be living in that. Uh, faith to trust what he's told us. Repentance when we stumble and fall. Uh, uh, right. You know what's helped me a lot with this? In the, we're talking about battling sin, right? The tension. Yeah. Uh, it's just going back to our theology. Um, and reminding myself that there is no good thing in my flesh. Mm-hmm. In my, no, nothing good dwells in my flesh. And it's, it's, my flesh is irredeemable. My soul has already been redeemed. Uh, my body will be glorified and transformed. But my sinful flesh cannot be reformed. It cannot be uh, redeemed. It cannot be trained. It cannot be, it's, it's to be murdered. Yeah. It's, there's no good thing in my flesh and um, that's just very helpful theology I think. Yeah. it's kind of like I, I'm, I'm taking total depravity we're not, we're not totally depraved anymore because we're saved we're not complete corruption but I remember that doctrine in relationship to my battle mm-hmm. uh, and I just think it's essential I think so many Christians have a major crash and burn because they think they're better than they are yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're not capable of this or that sin. And I say to myself, I'm capable of any sin yeah. mm-hmm. given the right conditions, temptations, and pressures. And yeah. because in my flesh, no good thing dwells. Mm-hmm. And that's just a that's just a good way to yeah. just keep your flesh in check. And that adds <laughs> to the fear and trembling when we recognize that. Yeah. You know, the other thing, going back to what you were saying earlier, Chris, about you know why does it take so long? And it's yeah. just so agonizing yeah. and. You know, I think that if sanctification just happened magically, I, I, I think it would teach us that, hey, you know, this is, this is nothing. And, and I think the fact that it is this agonizing process, all the more is used by God to drive us to that place, that place of deep humility, of, of recognizing our own weakness and realizing just how desperately dependent we have to be on yeah. him all the time. Yeah. Right. Right. It was a, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and those who practice it, mm-hmm. 
uh, gain understanding. It's a, it's an ongoing practice. It's not a one and done kind of thing. Well, and, and think I'm thinking of so many passages in Scripture where it says, you know, paraphrasing, but my disciples keep my commandments. I mean, there there is there is a, a working it out in the sense that hey, we're living what we say we believe, uh, and uh, yeah. But but what what a joy to know that we have a Savior who uh, we talked about earlier knows our weaknesses knows our struggles, uh, is working on them, uh, even though, like you said, Chris, we may not see it, you know, tomorrow or the next day. Man, just even think about those intricacies of Him in our lives, that He is still working on things that we may not recognize right now. Uh, and so we can find comfort and rest in that. Uh, I think it shows up at weird times uh, in my life when you're like all of a sudden like, wow, I did not respond how I used to respond to that. You know, uh, was that normal? Water burger didn't make me near as mad today as it used to. Uh, and, and I'll tell you something that's always stuck with me. It's from Kevin DeYoung's book, Hole in Our Holiness. When I'm thinking about sin in my life and is this sin? Should I be doing this? Is this something I need to say no to? Is can I do this, watch this, read this, talk to this person this way and thank God for that? Thank um, for okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, can I thank God for this thing? And, it, and if and if you have to consider or think about something longer than a couple of seconds, yeah, you should probably just stay away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the safeguards we talk about. So. Okay. Um, so Alabama football passes the test. <laughs> yes. Thank you, brother. I, <laughs> you have served me today. Uh, uh, so we If you could edit that out, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, we're sitting in our church library, and I'm looking out the, the window and uh, I, I just think a, a good illustration of what we're talking about is the difference between uh, you know these live oak trees whatever kind of oak trees they are uh, and a dandelion you know in some spring of year dandelions they can pop up you mow your yard and they'll be back there the next day they mm-hmm. popped up you know and uh, if you ever pick a dandelion it's you know it's actually hollow it's like a straw mm-hmm. there's nothing there and, and the wind blows the thing away, and how long did it take to grow, and how quick can it pass away? Uh, but we're, we're like the oak trees, and that's a picture of our sanctification. And how long does it take for them to grow, to mature, and to be bearing fruit, have the, have the shade, have the, limb, have the leaves, have the acorns, all of that takes a really long time. Um, and so if, we're, if we have that mindset with ourselves and with each other as pastors, you know, we're not here to we're not here to harvest dandelions. We're we're here to raise oak trees. Yeah, that's good. Um, we just we we have a lot more patience and give a lot more time. And... I really thought I really thought you were going to compare your car to ours. Next time, another car illustration. <laughs> just a bonus about the dandelion. If things get really bad. Uh, with with this whole virus thing, yes. I just want everyone to know that you can eat dandelions. Every part of the dandelion is edible. They're edible. Yeah. From the roots to the flowers good for to you everything. Too. I don't know that Literally. we should be promoting that on the podcast. That could lead to some liability or something. <laughs> uh, well, hey guys, what what a joy it is to uh, to meet with you guys and discuss the discuss the Word of God. Uh, uh, we want our listeners to know we're praying for you and uh, want you to know that we're here to answer any questions. So. Uh, with that, I'll close us in prayer today. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for its truth. We thank you, Lord, that you have done the work of salvation in us. We thank you that it is you who works in and uh, for us. And uh, 
Father, we just pray for a deeper understanding of that connection. Uh, And Lord, that there wouldn't be a, a tension in our lives, but that we would be wanting to give up sin, that we would desire to fight the things that don't please you. And Father, that we would uh, say no to more things that uh, might be might be question marks along those lines. So Father, we thank you for our time today and pray, Lord, that you would uh, bless the listener. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Kerrville Bible Church podcast. In future episodes, we would like to answer your biblical and theological questions. Send them to us via email at questions at kervillebiblechurch.org or leave us a text or a voicemail at 830-321-0349.